Tuesday, August 29th on the Sleepers podcast, and Carter Elliott is having tech issues. Yeah, ever since people have been bringing up comments about my microphone and how I need a new one, it has magically been acting up. Not really sure what to think about that. I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but it's way, way too, it's way too fishy for my liking. So I'm a big conspiracy theory guy as mentioned yesterday and i have a conspiracy theory about us that as our quality has gotten better and our quantity has gotten better like we've really upped both production levels and just like production levels of how much we're producing (laughs) i i've realized that i feel like we both are running into issues that are very elementary in the content creator space that we haven't run into in years and my conspiracy theory is that we're doing it intentionally to ourselves to remind us where we came from to remind us to stay low and build so i don't know if that's true or not like are you just creating the mic problem for yourself at this point no and i'm a big advocate of creating problems and creating chips you know all that all that that falls into that line but no this is purely just i don't know what's going on uh i think uh, i need to call my we need do we have an it uh, department at sleepers we can get one yeah, we might need one. <laughs> we, we could for sure get one. Right. Uh, yeah, manufactured chip on the shoulder, guys. That's us, except now not a chip. I'm a crack on the shoulder guy. Can never forget that. Good episode yesterday. I had a lot of fun with yesterday's episode for some reason. I keep saying that, but it's true. Uh, it, it, one of my favorites since we've done the daily episodes. Doesn't seem like it was as well received <laughs> by our comment section, though. You get to pick one comment that you want to uh, respond to or or answer from the YouTube, and uh, then we'll do the Discord comments as always. But I'm really hopeful that you choose the comment that I hope you choose today. So take I it. think I think I think you know what comment I'm gonna pick. Uh, this one comes from Charles Dash is is two UI. Geesh, it's getting harder to listen to you guys more and more every day. That is upsetting because I like you both. It's just becoming you guys know better than everyone else. Just be better. Hmm. I feel like we don't come across as we know better than other folks. Maybe it maybe it comes across like that because we're judging other people's list. But is that not why list and things like that are put out? It's really for discussion and to get your opinion across. And in this space, I feel like you have to react to those type of things. I don't. I feel like we don't really come across as being better than everyone. Certainly don't try to. Maybe yesterday's segments did, but (laughs) I guess I'm confused because I had so much fun with yesterday's segments. Now I'm like, am I just having fun being an asshole? Like, were we we particularly asshole-ish yesterday? I went back and listened. Uh, We... Like we said explicitly multiple times that we really respect the ball knowledge of CJ Moore and Sam Vecini. And you even like, like we clipped it and tagged CJ Moore and he kind of responded to us and was like, let's revisit in January. And then I texted you and said, you should have said, let's revisit in March. Shaka loves January (laughs) missed opportunity there. But uh, no, I like, I don't know. Like, I feel like this comes with having a podcast no offense to Charles, but like, like if we're going to have a podcast, we're going to have opinions and we're going to act like our opinions are right. We're going to like, that's sort of the point of the podcast. Um, we, I don't think we 
usually come into things with too much of an error of arrogance, but maybe yesterday we did. Maybe we got to work on that a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe you got to take a look in the mirror, Charles. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that flip from you. I mean, I mean, because I couldn't think of any other way to go with this. So it's like uh it's like the 40-year-old virgin um uh with Kevin Hart. He said, I don't know what you just said or what your sentence is, so I'm gonna take it as disrespect. And that's and that's where I was coming from with that. Those are words that you live by. Uh, also, while you search for an IT department, I'm just thankful that our violence department still exists. <laughs> That's you. You're the CEO of our violence department. VP, can members. we give you a, a VP of violence? I like that. Yeah, you could be our VP of violence. That works. We're scaling my, sleepers enterprises. We're, yeah, we're, we're scaling sleepers enterprises right now. Some announcements to be made in the coming weeks. Um, we've alluded to things behind the scenes we have at least one announcement that we know we will be making in a couple weeks we're excited about that uh and if you've listened to the show the last couple weeks you could probably guess what it is we have talked about it on the show so uh more to come there let's go to the discord cart i uh threw out a promo for the discord i said anybody who refers a friend to join the discord whether you already are a member or whether you are a new member if you sign up and you refer somebody, I'll buy you a jersey of your choice. Nobody took me up on that yesterday. I'm a little sad by that. And more importantly, I think everybody's really ignoring how cool the jerseys I can get my hands on are. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they truly understand. They see the ones in the backdrop, but they don't they didn't see they don't see the rack. Yeah. There's a hashtag coat rack that's off the screen in your basement that is filled with every single jersey. And it is Good quality jerseys too, by the way, which is hard to find sometimes. So, we uh we might have to implement like a jersey day on this show where we both wear jerseys a specific day of the week because I do feel like they're just collecting dust right now. And uh, a mellow Trimble Maryland jersey isn't going to wear itself. But anyways, let's get to our comments from yesterday. Light day from the comment section in the Discord as well. All around, just kind of a light little Monday evening for everybody. Uh, from Fam. 33, one of our favorite commenters. He says, for Cart, how'd you come up with the name Pierre for your dog? Also, have his legs recovered since you crossed his ass up a few weeks ago? Uh, his legs have not recovered, and he actually has not really gotten that much better defensively. He's gotten a little more scrappy, but definitely handsy. I can see a couple of refs giving him touch fouls uh, in the future. The name Pierre was picked by my wife. I got to pick the middle name, um, and she went with Pierre because he's a French bulldog, and Pierre, it sounds French. So that's where that came from. And his middle name is Demarcus because Demarcus Cousins is one of my favorite basketball players. And I like calling him Boogie. This is true. Uh, Pierre Demarcus. Also, what's his NBA comp or college comp if you want to go college? I have one in my head. I'm just curious. You know him better than me, obviously. What's his comp? His college comp is probably uh, Darion Trammell from, C uh, from San Diego State. Mm -hmm. I, think that's a, I think that's a good comp for him. I agree with that. You got an NBA one or no? I have an NBA one in my head. I don't have an NBA one. Not Pat Bev. Don't disrespect my do not disrespect my pup like that. I think he's Pat. I mean, I've seen he gets chippy. He does get chippy. I you know what? I don't like this narrative that we had because our dog's gotten a scrap one time that he's chippy. He's a loving character. He's a little chippy. 
He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's tiny. Yeah, Everyone I'm, looks at him. I, you're, you act like I'm acting like that's a bad thing or like I'm disrespectful. Like I, you know I love Pierre. I genuinely love Pierre. Pierre also was ready to rip Murphy's head off last weekend. That's true. Lick, lick, lick head. Lick. Or lick, or lick. I, listen, I respect it. I'm just saying I think Pierre has all defense potential, and he's a guy physically I would want on my side, even though he's a little small in stature. Um Maybe Pat Pat Bev, but like with wins would be my Pierre comp, I think. Yeah. Marcus Smart. I guess I, maybe? I, guess I got I guess I gotta accept that. I just have a hard time justifying that I paid that much money for the Pat Bev of dogs. Young Pat Bev. I don't know. It could <laughs> it could change. Arkansas uh, Pat Bev. <laughs> We had Ulamog send uh, a video, and then he said it was a prophecy for Pierre Brooks to become a butler bulldog, and it's uh, like a golden retriever try- trying to guard. Any-, any comments on this video? I actually just wanted to ask you, what do you think Pierre Brooks averages at butler this year? I don't think he's going to be good at butler. Really? Is that crazy? I think he'll play enough and get enough shots to average double digits. But I don't think it'll necessarily be good if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I uh I mean, Butler's been really bad the last couple of years. I've made a lot of jokes at their expense. Uh I do think they've had some good players on the roster here and there. Like I think Seamus Lakosius was pretty good, or at least potentially good. Uh, I love Jaden Taylor, but I don't think Pierre Brooks is a good basketball player. Um I, I get he's a good scorer in like empty open gym settings. That's more because he takes it more seriously than everybody else. Like he's one of those guys that like if, if you're just going to pull up at like church runs on a Sunday morning and play to 21, he's going into that of like, I got to get my 15. And then he's going home and like telling everyone in his life about how he got his 15. Uh, the Big East doesn't work like that. You can't just roll out and be better because you're trying harder than everyone else. So I think there's a pretty big gap between what his abilities actually are and how he carries himself in an open gym setting. Uh, and yeah, I think it, as far as going to a mid-major, Butler's not a mid-major. It's a step down from Michigan State, but I think he needs another step down to actually be a productive college basketball player. Moving on, uh, Tristan, busting brackets, notoriously on Tristan Tuesdays last week, said, outside of natural rivals, is there a college football team whose downfall you guys are naturally rooting for? Mm. You know, that's tough because I really it's really only a rival thing for me. I can't think of another college football team that I'm actually rooting on their downfall. to be, actually. No, actually, I take that back. It. <laughs> Yeah, and this is not just because Tristan has this because Narduzzi can't keep his mouth shut. For real. Never shuts up about Michigan State. Cannot let it go. It's, it's giving bitter X. It's disgusting. So Pitt. The Narduzzi decline is really sad. I was a big time it Narduzzi is. guy when he was at Michigan Me too. State. And yeah, he's lost his mind. I, I ranted about it on the field as well a couple times last year. Um, couple quickly off the top of my head. I mean, I... I've been rooting against Alabama for the better part of a decade. Um, although that's got that's got to be a tough stance to take, man. Yeah, it's mostly like it wasn't until they got to the top, though. Like I'm just gonna root against the Yankees. That's how I am. Like Alabama's the Yankees and has been for ten years. So like I don't want to see Alabama win. The thing is, it's kind of flipped now, though. Like now that Alabama's not the team to beat, I kind of like Jalen Milrow. <laughs> I kind of want to <laughs> see him succeed. 
So uh, outside of that, I really was rooting hard against Caleb Williams last year, mostly because Cart and everybody else that did a betting show I was on with loved him. Like we would pull up the the intention of the show. We called it Push an Orange Juice. And it was on the Sleepers YouTube channel. And we had four people come to every episode with three bets. That was it. And we like kept records and whoever lost the most, whoever had the worst units week to week had to do a punishment. Like I had to dress up in clown makeup. We made one of our friends lurk. Who's hilarious, by the way, watch. Uh... <laughs> oh my God. I'm laughing. He had to, he had to watch Brokeback Mountain and he live to, tweet. He had to live tweet Brokeback Mountain. Um, anyways, it, you guys, every single week, this wasn't even a bit. It was just how you guys played the game. Every single week, you just bet USC to cover <laughs> and you would put like 80% of your money on it. So it just turned out that like if USC won, I would lose every week. And if USC lost, it didn't even affect you three because you all had it on your card and it drove me insane. So over the course of the season, I started being very anti-USC. Uh, and in the end, I think I won in that whole outcome because they couldn't handle Utah. Yep. And uh, Caleb Williams we, threw a hissy fit. We might have to, we might have to bring back a little push and OJ segment at the end of these episodes. I actually enjoyed pushing OJ. I did enjoy pushing OJ a lot. I also feel like we're not utilizing Dion enough right now. Dion is uh, just an elite, <laughs> elite asset. I don't, I don't want to use Dion until we have our HR department established. <laughs> Very true. Um, okay, moving moving on. Coy just comments to Tristan's question. He hates Oklahoma for some reason. I don't hate that. How do you feel about Oklahoma? <laughs> I kind of like Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma basketball for some reason. I love the I Big like Twelve. Them. In another life, I'm a Big Twelve fan. Hmm. I could see that. I kind of want to be a Big Twelve fan. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Trevor Salise says, go to gas station, drink slash snack. I've got to go with sunflower seeds and a Red Bull. Trevor, we're going to have a conversation about that one day because that's one of the most insane gas station combo snacks I've heard. Sunflower seeds and a Red Bull just casually on a Tuesday afternoon. I don't know about that. For me, it's Powerade Zero. Got to be Powerade Zero. Regular Powerade is too sugary. Can't do that. It just, I don't like that. Give me Powerade Zero, preferably blue, second choice orange. And then if it's a chip, sour cream and cheddar ruffles easily. If it's a candy, either Nerds Gummy Clusters or Sour Patch Kids. You are pretty feel- good. You're You're pretty good at like road trip snack situations i would say Pretty, like you're I'm, I'm a gas station kind of short shout out to road ranger by the way great gas station establishment they got they had gear they had slots they had people that made you uncomfortable it was really the full experience yeah we did almost spend about an hour and a half in the road ranger and then realized we had to keep going to lincoln uh yeah chips ahoy that's it like i just i'm just gonna grab the big carton of chips ahoy and uh Preferably the the brown, the chunky bag if you can, or box if you can. Uh, but blue is more traditional. I'm fine either way, but preferably chunky. And underrated, if I'm going salt, underrated from my point of view, just a classic cheese and peanut butter cracker. That's a good pick. I yeah. like that. It's my secondary snack. classic choice is Cheez-Its. Great snack. Cheez-Its, good. You like the extra toasty Cheez-Its? You have those? 
I'm an original cheesy guy. Not a surprise, but yeah, yeah, makes makes sense. You would strike me as like actually, you strike me as like a club cracker, like just a, a sleeve of saltines. Now those those are good. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a box of oyster crackers. Those are pretty good. Okay, those are role players, the oyster crackers, but they played their role well. Uh, yeah, you don't need to you don't need to outdo the greats like goldfish cheeses. Those are the greats. We don't need to don't need to spice up a great. The greats are great. You know, so, I agree. Um, all right. Those are all the comments from the comments channel in the discord. I feel like we had a couple more that might be worth just calling out. Um, oh, Trevor also said just for the record from his comment about bandwagons from yesterday's show, he was talking about universal bandwagons. He didn't watch our show last year, so he had no idea that we were super hot on Arizona. Yeah, it was it was it was a dangerous time. I think if you go back, there were some Umar Balo comparisons that Gregory. I don't know how he feels about right now. Yeah, it was an era. I'll say that, like the the T Swift eras. Arizona was an era for me. Um, still like Arizona. Really hurt they got Caleb Love because now I just can't like Arizona. But um, liked all the guys on the team last year, except for Courtney Ramey. But they even made me like Courtney Ramey again. I had the most toxic relationship with Courtney Ramey of every college basketball player ever. Like, I he he tricked I, that, that me year in, was... year out. There was there hasn't been a bigger switch of from hate to love for a player since when Connor Hayward changed the tight end for the for the Michigan State Spartans. Like that that that's the that's probably the top one. Second is when Courtney Ramey went to Arizona. Cause I love yeah. that version. Yeah. I just we loved him at Texas first, though, in that three guard lineup a couple years ago. And then they crushed us in the tournament. And then we swore off never again with Courtney Ramey. And then he went Ooh. to Arizona. We're like, we love Courtney Ramey. <laughs> Who was our coach that year? Okay, well, I'm not playing this game. Final comment today. Fam says, last post in general has me thinking about fanhood stories. Anybody got a good one? He'll start. In 2021, he pledged to get a school of fish tattoo for Aaron Henry if he solo carried MSU to the Sweet 16 after his just keep swimming quote. Do you have any good uh, fandom stories? Anything you've like offered to do if a team does something? Uh, I don't know if I've actually ever had anything like that. The closest thing I can think about is when I ate 37 pancakes, but that's because I lost a bet. Like that's not a fandom thing. So I don't, I don't really think I've gone above and beyond fandom wise. I think I need to tighten up. Yeah. We might have to come up with something there. Um, I think I'm doing the bare minimum. Yeah. I mean, great concept there from fam. Totally wish he had that tattoo missed opportunity from Aaron Henry. But then again, um, it was the 2021 Michigan State Spartans. So like saying I'll get a tattoo if they make a sweet 16 is like me being like, I'll get a tattoo if aliens abduct me today. Like, was that ever going to happen? Could have done without that. It was Aaron Henry. Like Gabe Brown was like the third best player on that team. <laughs> Could have done without it. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying. I, no, I, I hear you. Okay. Could have <laughs> done without it. All right. Uh, thank you to the comments as always. Uh, we're having fun in the Discord. Join the Discord. Again, link in the description, $9.99 a month. Uh, we got our newsletter coming out again. Are we doing that? We should probably do that before my vacation this week. So we should write it up so tomorrow. Maybe, yeah, maybe tomorrow. Because yeah. there, there is one game Thursday, I think. There's games Thursday? There's one game Thursday. I think Utah, Florida is Thursday. <laughs> and it's Labor Day weekend, so I'm pretty sure there's a game Monday night, too. Maybe Duke Clemson? 
I'm extremely excited right now. And five and one start on sleepers bets. So we're going to look to make that uh, two consecutive winning weeks to start the season. And we discovered that parlays are the devil and can only be 20% of our strategy instead of 80%. That's a big, we're, growing, we're growing folks mentally, physically, bettingly. It's, it's a scary sight. I'd be scared if I was Charles. Yeah. Maybe we are better than everyone. Honestly, in the past 20 minutes, Pierre has gone from Pat Beverly to a Sar Thompson. That's how much growth is happening in our households wow. right now. Okay, I love that comment. <laughs> First topic today. Rutgers once again has all this momentum. They just signed Dylan Grant, who is not a crazy, prestigious recruit. He's not a necessarily super notable guy. Like He's a top 200-ish recruit. But he's notable because of connections he has to some other prestigious recruits. And uh, if you're living under a rock, Rutgers has all the momentum in the recruiting world right now. Ace Bailey is a Scarlet Knight. Dylan Harper is going to be a Scarlet Knight, barring a shocker. Dylan Grant, now a Scarlet Knight. Darius Acuff has announced he will be visiting Rutgers. Noteworthy because Darius Acuff teammates with Dylan Grant on the family and uh, Trey McKenney also potentially could end up at Rutgers here. We are familiar with Acuff and McKenney big time as state of Michigan guys, both Michigan and Michigan state are after them. We're also big fans of what Steve Peichel is doing right now and big fans of Rutgers basketball in general. So what do you make of the Dylan Grant commitment? Number one, and then two, uh, what the heck is happening at Rutgers, man? Like how, how much of a threat are they actually to us? All right, well, I'll start with Dylan Grant first. I think that this pickup is really good because if you take that whole class you just said, now, obviously, I don't think there's a world where they pull off all those guys. That just seems like way too many, way too big of a class, way too many miles to feed. But that's the thing about Dylan Grant. Dylan Grant is, one, he's a late bloomer for sure. He kind of came onto the scene late, um, started playing for the family this summer, Played really well. You know, he plays really well off of other players, too. I think that's what the most intriguing thing about him is. Uh, he's a player that's getting better, I think, as time goes on. But also, he's a guy who you can bring in and he can fit into the fold. You can't – I mean, it's great to bring in, like, obviously you want to bring in all top ten guys, all five stars. But sometimes you need some, you know, guys that are maybe lower level stars, potential guys that could fit into the mold a little bit, you know, play their role, play it extremely well, be happy in their role for the greater good of the team. And I think that's the type of player that Dylan Grant is. His recruitment really picked up kind of heavily as of late. Uh, Michigan State was actually taking a look at him. I don't know if they formally offered or not, but I know Xavier was very, um, very in on him um, and some other schools. So uh, I'm pretty high on his potential. Uh, and th this also is evident of Steve Peichel also hiring Smoke Williamson to his staff over the summer. Um, Coach Williamson, Smoke, uh, is a he's he's been with the family basketball organization for as long as I can I can honestly remember. Uh, great guy, great coach, um, and he's he's been on the prep basketball scene. He was at Central as a head coach, an assistant coach too. Now he's on staff with uh, Pykele. And, and look, I don't think there's a scarier man on the recruiting show right now than Pykele. Maybe Bill Self, but like Pykele's second. Like you don't want to see that man. And I think he's doing a great job of honing in on keeping guys in his area. It like have him going to Rutgers, like Jersey guys 
going to Rutgers, I think is going to start being a thing. And it could be led by the commitment of guys like Dylan Harper, who is the number one player in the country and the number one player in New Jersey. So uh, there's a world, and we talked about it before, Rutgers is going to be extremely scary next year. And I'm I'm scared for, you know, obviously being a fan of Michigan State. Uh, Rutgers is going to be extremely tough. And I know there's – I've seen, I don't know, mumbling about whether Cliff will be able to come back or not. But if Cliff comes back with this team and you get back a third-year Derek Simpson – and then you add in all these guys, like that's going to be a really dangerous team. And I'm scared of Rutgers. It would be so on brand for Big Ten basketball for the first year that USC and UCLA are in the conference. Rutgers is the dominant team. Like I just, I want that to be what happens here so badly. It would be so fun. Now, I, I have a lot of little talking points I jotted down while you were going through this. First of all, as far as Dylan Grant goes, uh, you know this. You've heard me say this before. I'm a big eye test guy, but not in the, like, watch them play basketball sense. Just in the let me look at a headshot of this guy and decide if he's a good basketball player or not. I'm out on Dylan Grant. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, I get Greg Glenn vibes from Dylan Grant based on just... Google image results of him in a basketball jersey. I think he uh, and look, I get like this sounds horrible, like white guy making jokes about how these people look like I get it. I trust me. I've made these jokes about white basketball players as well a ton. There's just something like unserious and giggly about the way Dylan Grant looks when playing basketball to me and uh, unserious and giggly. Yeah, it just it, it just is what it is, man. I don't know. And look, obviously, that's not a serious, everything. Obviously, that's not a serious criticism of his game. Um, his offer list is a bunch of mid-majors. We can say, like, oh, Michigan State was starting to pay attention to him at all. This is a commitment that matters because he's friends with Darius Acuff and because uh, are there more things that could come with this, much more than whatever Dylan Grant will ever do in a Rutgers jersey for me. Uh, two, I want the smoke. I want the smoke Williamson. Like, literally, I want him. I want him on Michigan staff. I want him... Now I want to drive to Piscataway and bring him back on a bus myself, put him in my Nissan Rogue and say, you're mine now. Phil Martelli's got to go. He's not doing it for me. He's not doing anything. He's just doing podcast appearances. And uh, I mean, God bless him. He still looks like he's in good shape. But good Lord, my friend, like, let's let's not do this. Saudi, I love Saudi. Huge fan of Saudi. All he's doing is interviewing for Alabama jobs and coming back to Ann Arbor. Not working for me. Let me get the guy who ran the family, who has connections to all these players that, oh, oh, coincidentally, there's good talent in the state of Michigan again, and Michigan and Michigan State aren't getting any of them, but Rutgers is. They're getting all of them because they hired Smoke. And on top of that, Smoke's a good coach, too. Like, he knows his his shit. He's coached really good players, too. Like, he is. When you talk about the family basketball, everyone knows who Smoke is. Like everyone, even if you didn't play for the family, if you played AAU basketball or played prep basketball, you know who Smoke is. So having him on the staff would be a, a great ad. I would have, I would love to have him on Michigan State staff. Yeah, it just seems like such a missed, obvious opportunity for Michigan and Michigan State teams. Yeah, like how do like how do we let them go to Piscataway? That's what I'm saying, man. Um, now, okay, third thing. Rutgers is going to be really talented and really fun. Like we're going to be super in on them. We're going to talk about it all the time. They'll probably be our favorite team to watch in the country. None of that's going away, no matter what, if they add some of these guys. 
they still got to be good though. Like that's, I think that's the elephant in the room. And I, I think they can be, but like Peichel's whole tenure, the thing has been kind of like these gritty, grimy overachievers. Like that's, what's made Rutgers good and special is like, like Geo Baker and Ron Harper weren't the biggest recruits ever, but those guys were killers and dogs. And I'm not saying these prestigious recruits aren't dogs because they are in a different way, but like every Steve Peichel team has been really good defensively and really horrible offensively. So like, is he going to take the number one and the number two and maybe the number 10 recruits in this class and have an elite defense? Can he even make a good offense? Like can Steve Peichel make a good offense? I don't know. But but this, this is the thing, G we love a good, we love a good zag when people are zigging. Okay. Michael was in the Rutgers offices and he says, look, I love, I love these dogs, but I got a crazy concept here, right here. Follow me on this whiteboard here. I'm going to write the top recruits in the country. Let's go get them. And then let's figure it out from there. We'll figure out the offense and defense and stuff, but let's get these really good guys. And then we'll figure it out. We'll all reconvene them and we'll make it happen. Like that. So that's what he did. So I like the approach, figure it out. Maybe, maybe dogs aren't the way to go. Maybe talent's the way to go. The only other thing I would just caution here, maybe push back on you a little bit. You said Heichel is like the second most dangerous man in America on the recruiting trail right now. Behind yeah. you, you got you got Bill Self and then Steve Peichel is the guy people are shaking their boots at. Yeah, Coprada. Are we sure that all these commits aren't just guys he had connections with? Mm, that's a good point. Maybe a little bit overreaction by me. Which he deserves credit for, but like it's the it's the Juwan Howard, like, oh, he got Jed Howard. Is he is that a great recruiter? Or, or is he his dad? Like Steve Peichel, <laughs> Steve Peichel's about to get Dylan Harper because he got Ron Harper. So <laughs> like I Ace Bailey's a win, but is there a connection with Bailey? I don't know. Yeah, I yeah it's uh it's it's one of the staff members, I think. But I don't think it's actually a connection. I think he's just a good recruiter. I can't remember his name. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing at the. Is he a good recruiter, or is he just his dad? <laughs> I mean, that's we do. We often do. Is he a good player? or Is he just handsome? Is he a good recruiter? Or is he just his dad? Honestly, great move though. When you're recruiting a player, you need to look at they have a brother. Mm-hmm. Like Jeremiah Fears, need him. <laughs> gotta have them like that's if you're recruiting somebody you gotta see if they got a brother yeah yeah i just i, I don't mean to downplay what michael's doing because it's awesome it's great for the big 10 it's great for Rutgers. they're gonna be really fun we can't wait i just think there is like a little like this is so different and out of the norm for him and it seems entirely tied to oh he signed assistant coaches that have ties to elite guys smart move by him which is great but if I were Michael, hypothetically, I might use one spot on my staff for like an offensive guru, maybe <laughs> like get the guys that have connections and also get someone who knows how to run some sets because I'm a little scared of like, okay, he gets five top 10 talents. What if they're still not a top 100 offense? Like, what does that say about Michael if they have all this talent and they're just still a bad offense? If you could take any coach in, or if you could put any coach in the country on Michael's staff, Head coach, it could be anybody. Who are you putting on? No brainer, John Beeline. Okay, a current coach. We don't want that rat on our staff. Would that not be perfect though? 
I was going to say, like, Shrews paint. I mean, yeah, but it's so hard for me. Like, because you're not just going to hire away those guys, you know? Like, I get what we're doing, hypothetical, but, like, that's Beeline is the answer to me because Beeline's sitting at home doing nothing. He's just been building up slurs this whole time. <laughs> They've been powering up inside of him. He's getting the whole class to transfer. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I don't know, man. I don't know. Shrew would be fun, but Shrew, Shrew's going to turn Notre Dame into something, though, right? Like, well, what's your answer to that? I would probably say paint. Hmm. But also, like, I don't know if that – I'm a big staff name guy. Like, you give me Pykel, Shrew, Smoke. Don't know what the third assistant's name is, but if he has an ethnic name, we implement that. That's a scary sight. I think the last thing Rutgers really needs, like they actually need this. I'm not saying like the last thing they need, like they need this. They need some new kits. We need some new uniforms. New kits. They let do. me get, let me get like a, I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm a big like acronym. Like, could we just go by RUT? Could we get like a big RUT on the uniforms? I feel like it would look like Rochester University Tech or something. Yeah, maybe. Or they had the one. It, one has like the New Jersey State outline. Um, I don't love that though. Not that's not a great state for an outline. Yeah, even their even their like cursive jerseys just don't look that great, and that's tough to do because I'm a big cursive jersey guy, mm-hmm. script guy. I think is the actual term. Uh, yeah, and they don't got they don't got that. I feel like they're underutilizing the night itself too. Uh, like Michigan State has really embraced the Spartan head, which is one of the coolest logos in all the sports. I feel like Rutgers has some opportunity to twist the night around a little bit and figure that out. Just saying. All right. Uh, congrats to Rutgers. Huge get. The 207th best player in the country. All the momentum in the world for Steve Peichel. <laughs> now. Oh, last thing. I did want to ask you this. Do they get Acuff or McKenney? No. No. I think Where it ends you, up being I think it ends up being Harper, Bailey, Grant, and I think they got they're in for somebody, some other higher four stars as well. Where do those guys go? I think Trey McKenney goes to like I think Trey McKenney goes to Michigan or Illinois. And then I think ACUC goes to like Kentucky. Okay. I have different answers than you. Do you want my answers? If I had my way, I get a cuff at Houston. Mm, I would love that. I would love By that. Way, just throwing that out there. So I, I think Rutgers does get one of these two players. I think it's Trey McKenney. Okay. I think that McKenney, from everything I've read and just seen and heard with the buzz, he has some weird schools he's in on. Like he's he's the prestige of a recruit that could just be blue blood and that's it he's like very interested in non-blue bloods i don't know what that means about him i don't know him personally but i think of the non-conventional schools that are recruiting him Rutgers has the best sell here of like we'll come join this awesome group of really talented guys and be a superstar in new jersey i think mckinney might buy that a cuff uh i think Rutgers has a good shot at him too to be honest but um this might be the fandom in me. I'm going to call my shot. I think Michigan gets a cuff. I think Michigan gets one of a cuff or McKenney. Okay. I think they get one of them. And you'd rather have a cuff, right? He's the better player. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're different. They're different. I think Acuff's better. A Cuff's probably better. A Cuff scares me more. Yeah. But McKinney's a bad man too. Both really good. I would have Rutgers top five in the country minimum if they get Harper, Bailey, McKenney. <laughs> I don't care who comes back. If they got those three, that's a... Yeah, get Griffiths back? Fun times in Piscataway. We might need to fire up the College Hoops to Go bus and make our way to New Jersey. Bring back the rack. Please. Let's move on. I threw a hypothetical at you via text yesterday, and I want to do a whole conversation about it. I've thought about this through the years plenty of times. And I don't think I've ever talked to anyone about it. Who's the worst NBA player that you could throw on a college basketball team right now and they would win national player of the year? Hmm. Couple boundaries of this. And feel free to ask questions if needed before you give your answer. Boundary number one. He has to be good enough that you put him on any team in the country. He wins national player of the year. So this isn't just like right situation, right fit. I'm talking, you could throw this kid on Northwestern and tomorrow he's the national player of the year. Two, um, we're talking the current version of themselves. We're not talking prime them. We're talking take them out of whoever they are today, throw them in college. They're the national player of the year. What's your answer? So is a, just one last question we're trying to take the worst NBA player on this, right? Like it's got to be someone who's technically bad NBA player. I mean, as bad as you can go, right? Cause like, obviously LeBron James, you throw him anywhere. He is what he is. Um, mm-hmm. Like Jalen Brunson, throw him anywhere, probably national player of the year. But from there it gets dicey. Like if you took Kyle Kuzma today, is he the national player of the year in college? Yes. Are we sure? Yes, hundred percent. We're sure. Kuz positive. Yes. Like I, I know he's a bucket, but like he's probably averaging twenty and ten minimum. Kuz isn't that different today than he was five years ago. Yeah, he's, a, he's definitely different. Not that different. Yeah, I guess, but he's averaging twenty-five and twelve probably. Okay, maybe. Minimum. So I, I think you and I are going to be on different ends of the spectrum with this then. Give me your answer. Well, my answer, I was going to say Killian Hayes. <laughs> I I don't think Killian would be the national player of the year. You don't think? No. I think no. he would pass. He'd lock, he's basically Kolick. I don't think Kolick's going to be. like Okay, because we're talking in this year's college, you got to beat Zach Eady. So you got to beat Eady going for what we expect to be like 24 and 12. On a top four team in the country. What's Killian averaging? You throw him on North. You put Killian Hayes in Boo Booey's role. What's he averaging? See, I think Kuzma's way too high. Like, I'm thinking now that you're bringing that up, like, take like Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart's probably could average like what? 25, 25, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what's your answer? So my historical answer through the years of me thinking about this has been Jordan You're Clarkson. You're an all-star, aren't you? Jordan Clarkson has been my answer. Okay. Why, Jordan? Just because he's just like a bucket? Like I don't know. I just I like I envision a world where if you took Jordan Clarkson and plopped him on 
Utah tomorrow. He scores 24 a game and has like a Frank Mason national player of the year run. I don't, that's all I have. I, I like don't know. The, okay. I like, I like the Frank Mason angle. Yeah. But like, I don't like Jordan Clarkson to me is a pretty good NBA. Like, I don't think NBA bums can just come to college and be that productive individually. Like Max Christie's in the NBA. You put him in college. Is he the national player of the year tomorrow? No, no. <laughs> he's not. What about, what about, what about Peyton Pritchard? No, he'd be a first team all American though. Okay. But he wouldn't beat Edie. What about Austin Reeves? Austin Reeves would be national player of the year. Would he? Yeah. I don't think he would. I think he would. I really don't think he would, man. Like, what's Austin Reeves averaging at Oklahoma next year under Porter? 20 something. So he's probably, he's... Tw- <laughs> probably 20 something crazy, honestly, like seven and seven. He's having a buddy healed year. Probably better, yeah. I think I'll just way off on this then. Like if you okay, is Darren Collison the national player of the year? Is Darren Collison still in the NBA? I don't know, but if you no. took him wherever he is. No, I don't think Darren Collison is the national player of the year. Okay. Um I'm trying to think of like old guys, like the older guys in the twilight of their career. Does Kevin Love win a national player of the year? I don't know. That's a good one. <laughs> I think he is. No. What about Haslam? What about Blake Griffin? No, he's not. Current Blake is not? I think Blake's more likely to get kicked off the team. That dude would be a menace on a college campus right now. That's true. Okay, so de- definitive answer, because I feel like we could just... This is one of those, like, we're together at a party... And like our wives want to like take pictures and play drinking games. And we're like, no, we're going to go. We're, stand we're, we're like, no, if we put Kevin Love on Kansas State next year, is he winning national player of the year? Yeah, this is true. Like I, I now want to come hang out with you and just do this for like six hours. What's your definitive answer, though, for the podcast sake? For podcast sake, definitive answer. I think I will go Kevin Love. I like that pick, actually. I think Kevin Love was the National Player of the Year. I think he put up Edie-like numbers and be able to shoot the ball, too. Like, he'd be spraying it. He's still a 40% three-point shooter or close to it. Does Sadiq Bey win National Player of the Year? Yes. No, he doesn't. That's crazy, man. I think he does. That's crazy. He might score, like, 28, but that's it. He boards it. Yeah. Okay. Is DeJounte Murray winning national player of the year? Sorry, last one. Last yes, one. Yes, yes, without question. And he's okay. diff, like he's putting up like 35, 15, and 10. Okay. Just, just That's crazy. That what's Trey Young averaging right now if you drop him back in college? 40. 45 40. and 15. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Great. DeJounte would be close. Okay. I'm sticking with Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard anything that knocks me off my Jordan Clarkson train. So I don't like that. I mean, I like I don't like that. I, I got no gripes with that. Good pick. You mean you don't dislike that then? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I said I don't like that. I'm like, that was a really nice way to say I don't like that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, last hypothetical. A lot of hypotheticals today. I texted you this right before we clicked record, so this is kind of a last minute one, but could an all Big Ten team win a national title? I think like the obvious answer is like, yeah, but Look, this conference hasn't won a title. That's like, let's just call it flat out what it is. 
we can't win a title. There's some curse over the Big Ten ever since Maryland's year when they weren't even in the Big Ten. Nobody's been able to do it. You got to go back to Michigan State, Tom Izzo, uh, at the beginning of the millennium. Here's how I want to play this, though. I want to, you and I got to craft this team together. Some rules. We're going to build a team that we think would have the best chance at winning a national title. We're only allowed to grab one player from each team. We also need to grab a coach. And if we grab the coach, we can't grab a player from that team. Oh, so we we need to build the best five man team plus coach that can win a national title. And then at the end of this, we'll look at what our results are and say, will this team win a national title? Yes or no. Where do you want to start? I think we had to take Izzo. My only flip on this would be, do we need Tyson Walker? It'd be great that Tyson Walker, but like there's also other guards and it might be worth the trade-off to just get the coach. That's actually won one. Do you think other coaches can win one? Like in your heart of hearts, obviously they haven't yet, but do you think they yeah, can? But I do. But so the only two I would want are Izzo and Painter. And I want Edie more than I want Tyson Walker. Can I put a flip on you? Yes. True. Oh, he's not huh? Big Ten. He's not even Big Ten anymore. Shit. I wanted to take Shrewsbury. Oh, I thought you said true. No, I, I wanted like, I wanted to take Shrewsbury as coach. He's not even Big Ten anymore, so I can't. No. I would have done that then and then would have kept kept it open. I mean, can we take like do we take Juwan? No, we don't take Juwan. No, we don't take Juwan. We we could take like <laughs> now we're stretching. Can we take like Kevin Willard? Can we take Pykel? Wait, hold on a second. Are we allowed to take newly expanded teams? Like, can we get Cronin? No. Damn it. Not here yet. Not my Big Ten. <laughs> Not my Big Ten. That's right. <sighs> also, I'm taking Andy Enfield over Cronin, by the way. Comes down to it. That's for vibes, though. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> and I'm not mad uh, at that pick. Okay, so let, I guess let's just do, like, we're taking Edie. You have to take Edie. All right, so Painter's out. I think. And you have Ooh. to take Shannon. You have to take Edie and Shannon. I think Izzo's got to be the coach. We just got to leave Tyson off, unfortunately. But that means I just want to make sure we understand the ramifications of this because I like Tyson as the best guard in this conference. If we're going Izzo, do we feel good enough about some combo of Bowie and Jameer Young to win a national title? Over Tyson Walker and we grab somebody else. No, I change it. Tyson has the clutch gene. Let's grab. We, should we grab Pykel? <laughs> I don't know, man. His offenses are so bad. I need some. I need a coach, Greg. Fran? No, I can't be Fran. <laughs> can't be Fran, man. Can't be Fran. What the the Big Ten? Good lord! Is it Jawan? Wait, stop. What are we doing here? What are we, Greg? What are we doing? What? It's a layup. Holman? Yeah. He yes, hasn't, he hasn't made a sixteen though. I don't. He he. No, give me Holtman. That's that's our pick. Okay, I think I think we should lock in Tyson Walker, and then I think we should leave Coach for last and figure it out. <laughs> okay, all right. Tyson Walker at point. So we have Tyson Walker. We're running at point, not the two. We can figure that out. We have Tyson Walker, Terrence Shannon, and Zach Eady. Yes. What do we want around those guys on a title team? 
Uh, I need a glue guy. Can I make my pitch on the glue guy? Is it Caleb first? Nope. We can't because we can't take Purdue anyway. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me. Oh, yeah. You're right. Who? I got my pitch. Terrence Williams? Olivier Kamwa. Have you seen have you seen what he's done on the Finland stuff lately? I know you saw the the block of Giddy. Yeah, I did. He fits at the four. He lets Shannon play the three. He's making 50% from three right now overseas. Is there not a better four-man shooter that we could put next to Edie? People claim Com was the best four in the conference when they're making the list right now. And I I think it's debatable, but like you're not, I, I know you love Tyler Wall. I don't think we're taking Tyler Wall over him. We can't take Coleman because we already took Terrence. Can't take Colin Carr. Um, I think okay. it's if we if we want a four, I think it's Kamwa. Okay, I'm in with you. I'll go in. I'll go in Kamwa. Okay, so then last thing is we probably need another guard, and we want him to be a good shooter. And do I guess it's do we want Tyson at point or do we want Tyson off ball? I kind of like Tyson off ball. I think that's what made him so good last year. Yeah, I think Tyson has the ability to play off ball where our point guard might not have the ability to play off ball. Mm-hmm. Is our point is our point guard Budarius? I think we're picking him or Jameer, right? I think I'd rather have Jameer. Let's just go through the options here and make sure we're not that ba- that backcourt de- that backcourt defensively is already tough because Tyson's a good defender and so is Jameer. We're gonna have people in hell. Um, or I mean, we could go like we could go like a siege or store and play Tyson at the one. We could go, we could go Boo. I love Boo. <laughs> we could go Peyton Sanford and have an elite shooter and play Tyson at the one. We could go. I don't think there's anybody on Rutgers we're taking. We could take we Bruce do, Thornton. We could take Bruce Thornton. Okay, in your heart of hearts. Fast forward to March. Who's the best guard in this conference between Bruce Thornton, Jameer Young, and Boo Booey? I think it might be Bruce Thornton. Or you could we could throw Deshaun Harris Smith in and say we're buying that he's like a one and done star. I think I would that's who I would choose between. I would go between Bruce. I think I would I think I'd pick Bruce Thornton. I'm okay if you want to grab Bruce, but that means we can't grab Holman. I definitely don't want Willard. No, I also, no. like, I love Boo, man. Remember Evanston? Remember what we saw in Evanston? That's true. Keegan Murray was sitting courtside to watch his brother have a coronation game and boo just ripped his soul out of his throat well, well you're not really caping for Budarius. like i need do we want boo i will take boo i think boo makes it easier on tyson and i if you had bruce thornton i think tyson has to play point half the time because bruce might be better as a two anyway okay give me that five give me boo tyson shannon and kamwa Edie, and our coach is oh my god I'm so scared now. So we can't we can't grab Brad. We could grab Fran. We could grab Woodson. 
we could go Peichel, we could go Willard, we could not go Juwan, we could not go Izzo, we could go Ben Johnson, we could go Holtman, Rhodes. Holtman, Rhodes, Greg Gard. Sleeper pick, would it be that bad to pick Woodson? I think it's between four guys. You can't take McCaffrey. Sorry, you just can't. You could you could go Holtman, you could go Willard, you could go Woodson, you could go Gard. One of those four. It'd be between Holtman and Woodson for me. I'm trying to close my eyes and say, which one of these guys do I see in the final four? I feel like Woodson just lets his team rock. He just can't I don't, make his team I don't want that. I want a coach who's going to help. my. I'm going Holtman. I think it's Holtman. Is it? I think it's Holtman. End of the day, gun to my head, I believe Chris Holtman's going to figure this out and be a good coach. Okay, I like that. Does that team win a national title? <laughs> That's the question. Now I'm scared. <laughs> Cuz it's basically who's like Kansas? Is this team beating Kansas in a championship game? Boobooey yes. Tyson Walker, Terrence Shannon, Olivier Kamwa, Zach Eady with Chris Holtman coaching. Yes. I think so. I'm a little scared like Chris Holtman looking across the row and seeing Bill Self scares me a little bit, but my dog Holy ain't scared. Okay. All right. I think they win too. Fun exercise. I like that. Wait, one last follow up question. I know we got to get off here soon. You put that team against like other conference teams. Like, mm-hmm. you think they're finishing? Like, is that the best chance? Or like, obviously, probably the big, team Big Twelve is probably winning. I think we should do the other conference teams. Maybe okay. either later this week or next week. I think we should do them and then kind of see which one we like the best. I like that. Let's do that. Okay. Fun exercise. Thanks for entertaining me with that cart. I can't believe you let me have Olivia Combo on fourth, by the way. Thanks. That's a big win. I I mean, who was I going to make an argument for? One big thing presented by Big B. What do you have today? Uh, my one big thing for today is people that insist on calling all the time when it can just be sent through a text. I don't really like talking on the phone like that. And I don't need you texting me, can I call right now? And then you say something that could be said over text. Sometimes that gets to me. And this is not shots at you either, G, because I know you hit me with the, can I call all the time? But when you do it, it's always something that a conversation is needed. It's nothing like, can I call? What are you up to? Do you have the snacks for the road trip? It's it's something of importance. Just know. Know that not everything needs to be a phone call. Some things can be a text. That's my one big thing for today. That seems like shots at me, but it's not shots at you at all. I do only call when I have important things, though. We just have important things a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'll, that's, I'll work on that's it. why I that's why I cleared it up because I could see in your face. You're like, wait, I do that. I do that all the time. I always say I, I want to call. I'm thankful for both you and Charles holding me accountable today. I'll be better. You know what? I promise I will be better. Uh, my one big thing today is that on my morning runs, I, I, I'm still doing the morning runs, by the way, if you couldn't tell by the fact that you can kind of see my jawline again for the first time in three months. Uh, I There is a, a duo, a couple per se, of elderly women that walk the same path every morning at the same time and I cross paths with them as I'm running back home and they're walking the opposite direction. I cross paths same time, same street, same three house stretch 
every single day. And I will befriend these women. I just need to say that out loud. That is a big focus area of mine over the next couple of weeks. I need to get like, I need to learn their names. I need to be more than just like a, a casual, like, hi. Cause now we're starting to recognize each other as we say, hi, I need to know their names. I need to have a nice little stop, a nice little 10, 15 second. Oh, what's on tap for the day, Esther? Like, that's what I need from the, yes. this duo. I'm very confident I will get there. Give me a week and I will report back on my elderly women friends from my runs. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on the Sleepers Podcast.